Once again, Cougar football fans, welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building for another edition of the Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coming up on today's show, we look back on how the Cougars got to 6-0 on the season with a home triumph over Texas State. The win bumping BYU up in the polls to 10th in the coaches' poll, 11th in the AP, up one spot in both polls from last week. And to help us break that game down, defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki and offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes today. And to kick things off, we say hello to BYU's D.C. and defensive line coach Elisa Tuiaki. Coach, good to see you once again. Good to be back. Well, a really complete win on Saturday night. I, I thought 52-14 <clears throat> over Texas State. Third fewest points allowed this season and third fewest yards allowed season by your guys. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, after the first drive and besides the uh, second to the last drive, the uh, Boys play play pretty well on defense. Well, let's get to it then. The game starts with BYU on its heels a bit defensively. That first Texas State drive featuring formations uh, we rarely see, and then rarely do we see them over an extended possession. Yeah, yeah. We know we we practice uh, we practice this all the time, and we we call it taco. It's just a a uh, any formation that's not traditional football where the offensive linemen go out there. We have we have specific rules built up, but you know the tempo that they were going, some of the plays that they were doing. Um, was putting us in, in, in different spots that we didn't want to be in. And so, um, you know, we, I think once, once we settled down and got everybody where they needed to be, um, it, was, it was good. When you're faced with something unfamiliar, uh, what do you rely on most when trying to adjust in possession? It's really <clears throat> keeping the ball in front of you, you know. And, um, you know, they had a couple of RPOs in some really difficult plays to defend. Um, you know, when you have... Pulling, pulling uh, offensive linemen, you have quarterback run game with RPO. I mean, those are all um, three things that, that puts a lot of stress on the, on the, on the linebackers. And so, um, you know, we were just trying to keep the ball in front of us, and those RPOs were giving us a, giving us a, uh, a hard time. And, um, you know, we changed uh, mid-drive mid just to the way that we were playing our taco plays where we ended up going into a drop nine. Um, you know, put put everything on two defensive tackles to stop the run, and just try to keep everything in front of us and move move some guys out to defend it. And and is it true they had not shown that look in any of their games this year yet? Yeah, this yeah, that's yeah. the first time that they've shown that. Yeah. Uh, so first time you've allowed an opening drive touchdown all season, and you're in six games now. Uh, BYU's actually trailed to open the last three games. It was three nothing, three nothing, and then seven nothing. But man, great responses by the offense every time. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's nice. We were talking about it as a staff uh, this morning. It's it's nice when you, you know, you give something up and you're on the sideline drawing something, drawing up the defenses, making your adjustments, and then you look up and you hear the, the crowd going and we've scored, you know. And so, offense has done a really good job just responding after, after we've had a, a couple of where we've given up field goals and, and this touchdown, this first one. But uh, you know, having an offense that scores definitely changes changes things for you on defense. Yeah, BYU's offense, if they've been down, they haven't been down for long this season. BYU has spent uh, the majority of this season either tied or leading. Very little trailing time for BYU this year as the, as the Cougs have gone uh, to 6-0. Speaking of the offense a little bit, um, they had four touchdowns in four drives to open the game. But on drive number five, a turnover at the 10, our own 10, BYU's 10. But the defense held, uh, what a huge swing right there to not allow any points to get them a, even a hint that they were back in this thing. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was one of the things that we've, we've been focusing on was, was uh, getting each other's backs. If 
the offense uh, struggles a little bit or the defense struggles a little bit, the other, the other unit would show up. And um, it was huge for us to, to come out and get a stop here. Um, it's, we consider this a, a, a takeaway, a turnover on downs, especially this close into, in the red zone. And uh, I thought the boys played well. And how do you think this play was played uh, toward the, uh, well, the fourth down play right there? Yeah, that fourth down play was really, really, uh, you know, lights out coverage. Keenan do a, did a good job jumping in and, and getting that thing batted down. And we actually had two of our linebackers uh, exchange assignments mid-play, which we, we never practice, mm-hmm. we never do. But I think, uh, you know, Peyton, Peyton Wilgar and, and Max Tooley just being around each other and, and knowing each other's assignments and kind of seeing the other guy play. I mean, they played off of each other there that <clears throat> they were able to get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback from a trigger player. Uh, th- that kind of situation, uh, players have leeway to make those calls in live fire, right? Uh, normally not, <laughs> normally not. But, uh, you know, the way that it ended up working out, uh, you know, Max, Max was the one that was supposed to be the trigger player, and he started to. But then I think Peyton seeing the quarterback get out and, and some of the success that they had with the quarterbacks going, uh, he, he decided to trigger. And uh, Max saw that and ended up just covering for him, and it just worked out really well. And it's uh, you know going in for us defensively is just continuing to work on that what we call a half side trigger. So they trust each other, and I guess you can trust them too. After yeah, like yeah. That. Let, let the players play. <laughs> so uh, BYU, we showed the turnover BYU had there at the ten that resulted in zero points. BYU has on the season uh, five giveaways on offense this year, and zero points have been allowed on the ensuing possessions by your defense. Yeah, you know, the, one of the big things has been the way that uh, Kalani's been preaching, just, you know, you get these sudden sudden changes. And sometimes it's an emotional swing, but uh, the defense coming out and, and letting the offense know that, that we're here to, to get their backs and play, I mean, it just puts a different light on the way that they're playing. It's not, it's not oh, you're screwing it up and we have to come in and do this. They're like, nope, you, you know, you've been scoring a lot of points and, and uh, we're here to get your backs if anything ends up not going your way. Well, more on that. They don't count as turnovers, but the offense has had a few possessions, too, uh, where it's been turnovers, turnovers on downs. It's been a pretty aggressive offense this year on fourth down. Some haven't gone their way, and it has put the D in a, in a tough couple of spots. But your guys always seem ready to, again, flip that script and get the momentum back in BYU's favor. They, they seem to be almost, uh, I mean, they want the offense to keep <clears throat> converting fourth downs and not turning it over. But when that challenge comes, they embrace it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think... Um, seeing the upside of, of how many points we're scoring when our offense is aggressive and taking chances, I mean that's that's you know something that we see on defense as uh, uh, you know one of the, the things that we're willing to, to deal with is is you know you get it great you're scoring you don't get it all, all good it's it's uh, the way that the game's going right now for us. All right, they've got each other's backs, no doubt. All right, it is break time, and with that, a reminder that uh, tomorrow night it is BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Your weekly look inside the Cougar football program. We're live at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the BYU TV app. Coming up, the BYU defense scores for the first time this season. We'll see how that happened and get you some players of the week with Coach Tuiaki on the coordinator's corner here in Studio C. Him toward the boundary, a throw on the sideline, interception by BYU at the 30, 25, 20, Kafusi 15, 10, inside the 10, 5, back toward the goal line, end zone, touchdown! Oh, what a run by Isaiah Kafusi, the pick six. We are back on the coordinator's corner with BYU defensive coordinator Eli Satuiaki. BYU now 6-0 for the first time in 12 years. 
and ranked 10th by the coaches, 11th by the AP voters. BYU capping a two-game homestand with Western Kentucky in town this weekend. More on that game coming up in our next segment. We're looking back at BYU's Saturday night home win over Texas State. Seventh straight home win for BYU. Longest home win streak of the Kalani Sitake era. And uh, Coach Tuiaki not only great to win at home, uh, great to win in front of home fans for the first time this year. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool to see fans and hear them. And, you know, obviously there's uh, some electricity involved there with just the um, the momentum swings of the game and having fans out there. And, you know, normally with where the score was uh, that late into the game, you normally see fans starting to leave. But they stayed all the way to the end and enjoyed just the fact that they were out there at a, at a football game. Something I noticed, too, it was cold. It was a little windy. Uh, the game is a bit of a, 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 a bit of a runaway yet. They, yeah, they said if we're going to you know get to a game this year, this might be the only one we get to, yeah, or, yeah. or who knows. So they uh, they stuck around and really enjoyed it. Uh, you guys did get to halftime with a 35-7 lead, uh, five touchdowns and six drives for the offense, and uh, and then the offense gets the ball to begin the second half, score another touchdown. So six TDs in seven drives, and then just three plays later, it's another touchdown, but this time on defense for the first time this year. Yeah, yeah, I know it's. Uh... You know, one of the things that we've talked about just the past couple of weeks was uh, defense has been playing well, but uh, lack of takeaways. And so this game going in, we said we wanted to try to get three takeaways. And with the two picks and the fourth down stop, I mean, we hit our goals with, with uh, you know, big time plays. And so Isaiah does a really good job getting in there. You could tell he was not going to be denied. We were <laughs> going nuts in the box and get in there, get in there. And he... God answer was a huge play for us. And uh, Isaiah was telling certain people that uh, he felt like he was going to get in and score on Saturday night. Did you hear that? <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. That was prophetic by him. And he, he hadn't told you, apparently. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll take it. Yeah. So uh, up uh, up 42-7, to seven, you're already playing a few backups, backups at this point. Then 49-7, to seven, well, more reserves are going to get in the game. You really played a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... These these opportunities are great for some of the guys that don't have a lot of a lot of playing time, that uh, you know for those guys to get in and, and play and you know obviously defensively you'd like to have shutouts and, and keep those I mean we could have held them under 200 yards of total offense if uh, if we kept kept the other guys in but I mean uh, you know some of these guys they're one one injury away from being in the game and we've got to have those guys playing better. And by the same token, if you can get starters out uh, without risking their health for an additional play or series or quarter, then you probably look at that too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so we've got, I mean, when the ones are in and they're playing, it's, uh, we play, play a lot of good football, but you make wholesale changes in the defense. You know, it's not just one backup at a spot, but everyone that comes in as a backup, sometimes it's not as stout as it, uh, it normally would be with the ones. But um, like I said, it's, it's great time for those guys to get in and, and get some playing time and, and uh, get better, get a lot, a lot of stuff on film for us to, to fix. So lots of guys played in this one, and it was a game you actually entered shorthanded. Uh, yes, you had Kairos Tonga back, which is big, but uh, no Tyler Batty, uh, no Keenan Peely, no Ben Bidewater in, uh, in this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been uh, different every single week. I mean, there's a guy that's out and a guy that comes back, and so, um, you know, the way that the boys have been responding and just, and just uh, you know, showing up and playing with, with however – and whoever we have has been good. By the way, once you did get into your twos and threes, you still saw some good play. Yeah. And we saw the first career pick for uh, Jared Capisi. That kind of stands out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so happy for Capisi. He's he's uh, played corner, played safety. He's been a kicker for us in different spots. And so we've been excited about the way that he's been playing free safety and think that uh, you know he's definitely going to be a contributor for us. And uh, Isaiah Kafusi, when he was uh, talking about the Capisi pick, 
he was pretty affected by it. He, he thought that was a really rewarding thing for Jared, and you could tell how much his teammates appreciate him and, 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 and the work he puts in to get moments yeah, like this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, great kid, you know, great story along with it, and uh, he has. And, and that, I mean, he, he got in earlier in the game. He'd been playing, and he's been rotating with Zane Anderson and doing a good job, and uh, really happy for him coming in with that pick. Yeah, let's get to your defensive uh, player of the game. We've mentioned him a few times already today, and that is Isaiah Kofusi. Yeah, yeah. Anytime that you have a pick six, I mean, it's hard to, to not give that to you. And so, uh, I mean, Isaiah's been a consistent player for us this whole year. He's done a really good job. Um, is a is a spiritual, emotional leader for us. Is a leader on the field, and um, the way that he came away with that pick six, everybody was pumped up and happy for him. He leads the team in uh, solo tackles currently, does uh, Isaiah Kofusi. And uh, that was his fifth career interception, uh, first pick six that we've seen, but uh, fifth career INT. And I think it was Ed Lamb who was on, Coach Lamb who was on the show either last week or week before, talking about, um, you know, when, when Isaiah turns on the physical, it's a physical position, obviously, but mm-hmm. when there's a certain violence to his game, mm-hmm. uh, that it really shows up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's. Uh, the difference between the young Isaiah, you know, in year one, year two, all the way till now has is, is really been that. I mean, um, completely bought into the weight room and, uh, you know, just this, this big and physical right now and just does a good job. Okay. Speaking of Coach Lamb, he gave us a special teams players of the game. And let's take a look at uh, who Coach Lamb selected uh, for those. And we'll maybe get you to weigh in on uh, the special teams selections this week. We're actually going to... Now we're gonna we'll get back to the uh, okay. we'll get back to the special teams players uh, in just a matter of seconds. But we got those from Coach Lamb, and we'll get those to you in just a little bit. If there was one thing that stood out from you from uh, from from Saturday's game that maybe isn't apparent in the box score right off the top, what would you say it was? Maybe under the radar a little bit. Uh, you know the the uh, and I, I I coach the defensive line right, and so really my eye is always kind of drawn to that and. I think with the way the D line plays, it allows us to be be really, really good in in a lot of in a lot of phases. And it's, it's just it's kind of like the default for me as the defensive line coach, as well as the D coordinator, is put everything on the D line. Um, and I mean, the way that Kyrus Bracken and Zach have been playing lately is just unbelievably good. And uh, those guys are difference makers, especially when we're making adjustments. Some of the stuff that we're saying with the funky the, the funky formations mm-hmm. and. I mean, those guys taking care of the box. I mean, we, we literally went to a, a drop nine, which um, you had one defensive end, uh, you know, dedicated to try to jump the screen, and we have two guys taking care of the front. I mean, that was, I think that was a big, it was a huge, huge for us defensively to just uh, let that D-line try to own everything and, and uh, make all the adjustments that we needed to. Okay. Let's now see who the difference makers were on special teams. We'll get back to the special teams players of the week as brought into us by Coach Ed Lamb. And you see the player of the game is Ryan Rico. He's had a couple of 60-plus yard punts. He doesn't get to punt a lot, but when he does, he's got a heavy leg as he's shown. And then there's the top block and the top rock awards for the special teamers as well. Hobbs Nyberg, interestingly, was uh, put back and uh, I remember turning punts along with uh, with Tom. You guys went to a, t- a tandem or a twin uh, punt return option on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, that was that was put in uh, uh, by Coach Lamb and, and uh, Coach uh, Hadley is uh, the punt returns coach that, uh, you know, with the different rugby stuff that they did and, and kind of putting the, pl- the ball in different places. Um, Hobbs is a, is, a, is a baseball player and played baseball here, and it's just really, really good tracking balls down and did a good job back there and, and probably one of the more shorthanded guys that we've got. 
Kalani said that situationally, maybe fake punts, not something you want to do all the time in that, at that time of the game. But, you know, it, it, uh, Ryan's probably got it in his head. We practice this. I'm, you know, if we give a rugby look and it's open, I should take it. He took it and he showed some athleticism. Yeah, he, he's very athletic. As a matter of fact, when he first got here, um, I was talking to Coach Lamb. I said, hey, he can, we all know he can punt, but I'd love to steal him at DN, and I'm sure that the offense would love him at tight end. He's that type of athlete. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, in, in, the, in the, the moment um, when it was called, I mean, it was a good call just for, uh, for getting the rugby out there, but you don't really practice and talk about, uh, you know, hey, we're going we're gonna to take this thing if there's one off the edge and we get them blocked unless you're up by this many points. It's just, I mean, he was just doing what he was coached to do. And right. in hindsight, you know, maybe you call a different, a different punt scheme or you just tell him, hey, kick it no matter what. But the, the bottom line is, uh, you know, that that's probably falls more on the coaches than everything. And uh, I know Coach Lamb tried to find the special teams coordinator after the game to apologize. It wasn't anything that we we're right. looking to do. But but it's on film now. And so that's the one thing about it is, is uh, as much as you'd like to take that back and do something different, they're, now it's on film and other people have to, study and and uh, be ready for it and it's just uh, that much more that people have to prepare for yeah it's a football play just happened at a certain time of the game that people like talking about but ultimately uh you know good for ryan to actually make something that was uh, available to him yeah. and uh, he's shown what he can do obviously yeah. yeah yeah all right as we go to break a reminder that uh, dinner after the game at jcw's includes something for everybody from burgers to wings shakes to salads jcw's quality and a lot of it in lehigh american fork provo South Jordan, and now open in Harriman. Folks, tune in to Cougar Pregame Live on the radio this upcoming Saturday, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 6.15 p.m. Mountain for BYU and the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. BYU looking to go 7-0 for the first time since 2001. Coming up after this break, Coach Tuiaki with a look ahead to Saturday night, and we'll take some questions from social media. You're in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. three-step, turns into a five-step, turns into a side-step, turns into a downfield throw and a pickoff by Jared Capisi at the BYU 43-yard line. What we didn't see is that uh, that became a pile that kept on pushing. I think it, I think it ended up around the 49 after all that. <laughs> I, di- I didn't know that he was still up. So, pe- <laughs> so the whole, the, everyone on the sideline started to come off, was kind of celebrating, the play was still going. It was like, get off, get off, the, get off the field. I, I think I was of the same mind. I thought it was at the back. Ba- I, I, th- I thought he might have t- started out of bounds, and yeah. all of a sudden the thing kept going and going, and then yeah. the next snap is like six yards upfield. Yeah. All right, uh, this Saturday night, uh, 10th and 11th ranked at BYU, home to Western Kentucky. We're talking about it in the coordinator's corner. First ever meeting between these two teams and the last of three games scheduled against teams out of Conference USA. Visiting with defensive coordinator and defensive line coach Elisa Tuiaki, and we were talking pregame or pre-show today about how they had to survive a real grinder on the weekend against a Chattanooga good FCS program, mm-hmm. but had them down late, and Western Kentucky uh, rallies and gets out of there with a 13-10 to 10 home win. Yeah, yeah, they, they ended up pulling that one off, but... Uh... You know, we, we've already we've already watched all the film from this this uh, year. Uh, you know, they, they there's certain elements of the offense that make them dangerous. Um, love our matchup with uh, with our front against their offensive line, and uh, you know our offense keeps playing the way that they are. It's, it makes the game so much uh, so much easier for us on defense. Well, the Hilltoppers come in uh, two and four. 
uh, and having a tough time putting points on the board right now. BYU sitting here scoring in the 40s, and, and they're averaging uh, fewer than 20 points a game right now. And so uh, when, when they win, they're generally speaking lower-scoring games, and mm -hmm. you guys are, are not a low-scoring team right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, there was an article that, uh, that came out on ESPN. It was ta really talking about uh, Nick Saban. was talking about how the game has completely changed. It's an offensive game. Offenses win championships. And I think it, you know, it's not that defenses uh, don't contribute to it, but you've got to be scoring points if you're going to win in, now, in, in today's game. And, and the way that our offense is playing has been, been huge for us on defense. I mean, it makes, makes the game different. Let's head to social media. And uh, we'll go to at Panther Coach Egg. Mr. Eggleton asks, uh, for Coach Tuiaki, what role does the defensive front play in helping disguise blitzes from linebackers? The front, the front doesn't doesn't really do much. I mean, it's there's there's uh, different alignments, and there's there's always an argument in uh, whether you're playing D line or or safety or backer um, about disguises and all that stuff. You never want your disguise to ruin your technique, and so you know they they might they might be removed a gap before they move to another gap and and slant one way or the other, but. Uh, there's not much, as, not as much in, in the front as it is in the secondary. Okay. Uh, generally speaking, and this is for me, not social media, how, how would you say that uh, the, the aggressiveness tone is different or contrasted to last year's at all in terms of how you're calling plays and, and, and how much risk you take? Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, really, I haven't, I haven't looked back at, at, it, at it much. Um, I, I feel like... Um, Blitzes have almost costed us more this year than, than it has in the past. But uh, you know, it's when you when you have an offense that scores as much as you do, you were able to take a little bit more risk. Um, but no, there there haven't there hasn't been that much of a difference in the way that we've been calling it. And you know, sometimes it's it's the name of the game is to keep the ball in front of you and and play sound football. And and uh, the the nature of blitzing is completely opposite of that. You know, it's your you're sending more people, you're taking chances, and you have less people in coverage. And so it uh, really hasn't been, hasn't been that much different for us. It's picking your times to do it and being, being smart about uh, you know, when you want to be a little bit more aggressive, sending more people. What do you think has contributed most to your sack number going up from last year to this year? Being ahead. You know, that's one of the things is when you're ahead and, and other teams have to, uh, have to throw the ball, um, you're going to have more opportunities. You know, last year... It just wasn't as much. I mean, we were in a lot of close games or close games where we were behind a little bit and the offenses were trying to run the ball and, and bleed the clock. And just, you're not going to get any sacks when it comes to that. You're having to stop the run. And so the, the, the personality of the game is a little bit different when you're winning by a lot. Okay. Uh, from at Coog underscore you, first of all, great job this year, coaches. We're lucky to have each of you, says this tweeter. And then the question is, uh, how do you plan to slow down Western Kentucky's quarterback as he is their leader in rushing? And uh, mobile tend, uh, mobile quarterbacks tend to be uh, harder to defend. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks, thanks for that comment. We're we're happy to be here as well. Um, you know, we've got to have a plan in place to to take care of that quarterback. You know, uh, maybe a spy or just a little. You know, there, there's always different things that we've done for for mobile quarterbacks, um, and we'll have those those things in place when we play this guy. Okay, uh, it was good to have Kyrus Tonga back uh, for this past game. You missed him at Houston, clearly, but you got him back this past week, and he's good to go moving forward, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he played well. Just another day in the office for, for Kyrus Tonga. Uh, he had some, some really good physical plays. I mean, he's a, he's a load and a guy that's difficult to block. And a couple guys we consider starters, uh, Tyler Batty and Keenan Peely, didn't play last week. Uh, can, we, can we expect them back? 
Yeah, you know, I think they're they're both going to end up being day to day, and we'll we'll see. I mean, we're hoping we can get those guys back, but um, yeah, probably know a little bit later in the week. Okay, uh, how do you feel about these uh, uh, late October uh, eight fifteen kicks in terms of uh, staying warm and everything? Now, it's not a big yeah. deal for some coaches as it is for others, but uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I feel I feel I feel badly for everybody else. So I'm, I'm in the box. Yep. I mean, it's nice yep. and warm, so you know there's a little bit of a chill in the air nowadays, and and uh, these late games, it's a little bit colder. All right, but again, you've got the easy job because you're up <laughs> I do too. I'm in the same yeah. position. All right, uh, have a great week and good luck this weekend against Western Appreciate Kentucky. It. All Thanks. right, that is Coach Eli Satuiaki. Saturday night, uh, you can get set for BYU and WKU by tuning in to Countdown to kickoff 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain on BYU TV. Coming up next, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes joining us. This is the Coordinator's Corner. We're live in Studio C in the BYU Broadcasting Building. We are brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. You are in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. BYU Cougars, the top 10 team after Saturday night's home win over Texas State. 52-14 decision that improves BYU to 6-0 for the first time since 2008. Next up, BYU hosting Western Kentucky this Saturday night as the Cougs now look to go 7-0 for the first time in 19 years. We begin our second half show, second half of the show, second half hour by welcoming back BYU Offensive Coordinator Jeff Grimes. Jeff Grimes, good to see you once again. Good to be here. So first up, uh, when you guys came down the tunnel on Saturday night, you heard a pleasantly unfamiliar sound. Yeah, that was cool. Um, it really was it, for me to be able to look up and see see my family up there and to hear all the fans. Um, it was nice. And I think we've done a great job providing our own energy on uh, in in most of the previous games, but it's cool to have some people there behind us this week. Very nice. And as Coach Tuiaki noted, even though it was a cold, little breezy late, nobody was in a, in a hurry to leave that game. They wanted to stick around for it. No, yeah, I think yeah. everybody stuck around and enjoyed the whole thing. So third straight game uh, for BYU that the opponent scores first. But, uh, man, the responses for the offense to falling uh, behind, say falling behind, it's 3 nothing deficits the previous two games. So you're down 3 nothing, score 14 in a row, UTSA. You're down 3 nothing, score 14 in a row uh, at Houston. You're down 7-zip and, and score 49 uninterrupted points here against Texas State. Once you guys get on the field, you have a job to do and you get right to it. Yeah, I would just, again, talk about the resolve of our team and the situations that have presented themselves and how I think we're playing much more complimentary football, whether you're talking about the defense getting scored on and then us following that with a score or us giving the ball to the opponent and in very poor position and our defense going out there and getting a stop, which they did again this week, which I thought was a big key to the game um, when we turned that one over early. But um, really, really happy with the way our team's playing together. And I just feel a, a, a different level of cohesion between offense, defense and special teams. As noted uh, by The Athletic on the weekend, BYU has now at least five runs of 27 or more uninterrupted points. You guys have been a great rhythm team. When you get going, you're tough to stop. Yeah, and, you know, I've told our offense several times this year, the only people who can stop us are ourselves. And so I think when we're, when we're operating that way and we're not stopping ourselves, we've been able to, to string some drives together. Now, you're not BYU's defensive coordinator. That's E's job. We talked about that. But as an offensive coordinator, what can you say about what Texas State decided to do when their offense took the field with, that, uh, with, with some of the funky formations they gave BYU right off the bat on Saturday night? 
Did you see that? I should say, you um, probably do your, your own thing at that point. That's actually, well, that's actually the only, the only defensive series that I ever see of the game is if we happen to be on defense first. Um, otherwise, I'm obviously busy with the offensive players. But I did see that. And, you know, I've been in that position before where you know you're outmatched, and so you try to do a little something to um, get the opposing team off balance and maybe give them something to create a little bit, bit of momentum early. And so... It was a good move on their part. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. You might see that occasionally, and then they basically ran almost the whole drive of it, which was pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once you got the ball for the first time, 86-yard drive for touchdown. You snapped 10 plays and just got to one third down uh, on that drive. It was a third and one, and you converted it with a, with a pass for the first time this season. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've had um, – I think we feel like we can, we can run or throw in any situation, and so um, – Obviously, that was a great play. It was good protection, good throw from from uh, Zach to Mason on the play that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But but the drive itself, I thought I thought we operated with um, with excellent with excellent rhythm and and showed that that we can be can be balanced as we've shown other times this year. And when we're operating in that fashion, um, I think we're hard to defend. So BYU with its uh, first drive has its first touchdown, and it was uh, 7-7 at that point, and then it was, again, part of a 49-point run, and that was uh, Lopini Katoa showing, uh, scoring on a play that was actually offside by, uh, by Texas State. Your next possession, a 90-yard drive for touchdown, and the scoring play comes on a, on a fourth and three, as it turns out. Yeah, you know, going for it on fourth down is something that we've committed to this year. We've done it much more than we have in the past, and you know, you, you don't always convert those, but we certainly have a lot of times this year. Um, and, uh, you know, they they jumped the underneath route and, and found Keanu wide open. The thing that's interesting about that is so many times you'll see a play like this in a game and the quarterback might not be looking at that route. You wouldn't think the ball's probably going to go there. You think they're going to cover that part of the route. But Zach has, uh, wow, he's, he's really found the open guy at the right time. Um, and in several cases, not the guy that we thought we would end up throwing to on particular plays, and that was one of those. So the open guy in this case is Keanu Hill. That's his first touchdown as a Cougar, and uh, he was one of the guys getting reps with uh, Gunnar Romney out on uh, Saturday night. Yeah, and, you know, he's played a little bit to this point, and the thing that I'm, I'm really pleased with him, number one, and glad that he had the opportunity to get a score, but Keanu's really grown up this year. He's shown um, a tremendous um, willingness to work and get better and be coached. And, you know, Fessy's done a really good job developing those young receivers. And, and uh, I think this was the first of hopefully many to come for him. So Saturday night, 86-yard drive, 90-yard drive, 60-yard drive, 71-yard drive, four possessions, four touchdowns. You're clicking along. Then on possession five, uh, the first real negative play of the game. Uh, and it has not been a problem for BYU thus far, and that was a wayward snap. Yeah, it was a little bit off and to the left, and, and Zach took full responsibility for it, as, as he typically does, and just said, yeah, I should have caught it. And, you know, no, no uh, different than a receiver who has a ball that's not right on his numbers, you would still think you'd be able to come home with that. It was a little bit hot and a little bit high and left, but um, Zach, Zach's had a number of those and worse snaps that he's come down with, and, mm. and uh, certainly we addressed that with both the snapper and the quarterback. And I thought he had it. I thought he actually pulled it to his body, and then all of a sudden someone's landing on him, and it pops loose, and that's that. But uh, you're sitting there at the 10-yard line. The offense is now giving the ball uh, to, to Texas State, and then the defense does it again. And like you said earlier, every time they're doing it. Yeah, you know, it, I just feel a different, a different thing on the sidelines this year. You know, when that happens... Um, there, there are no defensive players who, um, 
who are downward about it or even look at the offense and, and think anything negative. I think they're excited about the challenge. And I just I feel their energy rise when when that happens. And then as an offense, that that says a lot to us for them to say, hey, we got your back right here. And then they go out there and do that. Um, that's going to I think that's going to continue to pay dividends for us. And uh, as the season progresses. Yeah. And not counting uh, turnovers on, on downs, just the actual straight giveaways. That's now five offensive giveaways and zero points still allowed on the ensuing possession by the opposition. Pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah. I, I think our defensive staff, Kalani, and all those guys have done a great job selling our defense on what that means. In that moment, for them to rise to the occasion, spot the ball, and go out there and get a stop. By the way, were you a little nervous when you see guys come running and leaping and landing on your starting quarterback on the ground like that? Yes. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, no harm, well, no harm done there, right, yeah. physically. All right. Uh, with an assist from the defense, uh, the game stayed 28-7 there. Goes to 35-7 at the break with another long drive. Uh, longest scoring drive of the season, 94 yards, uh, and it ends with a spectacular throw uh, from Zach Wilson to Dax Milne. Yeah, uh, crazy throw, really. Um, really a little bit of pressure on the right side, and Zach just moved to his right and found Dax back to the left, and through a, a really awkward body throw completely across the field. Um, and number one, for him to see that guy, I think, is, is um, pretty unusual. But to be able to make that throw, I, I don't think there are many guys in the college game right now that can do that. What it comes to is this. Uh, can he even make that throw last year? Last year? No, certainly not. And I think, you know, people ask me all the time, uh, what's the difference in Zach this year? And there were a lot of, a lot of Zach critics out there uh, before we started this season. Um, and he's more than proven himself, obviously. Uh, but, I, but I think the biggest thing is he's just healthy. You know, his, his arm is back and he's throwing the ball the way that, that we know that he's capable of throwing it and, and uh, couldn't be happier for him. It's become kind of a cliche when talking about quarterbacks and their potential. And the phrase is, can make all the throws. But it truly does apply to a guy like Zach Wilson, doesn't it? It really does. And, and that's in most cases, that's not true. There are, some, there are some plays that you just don't have in your game plan with a lot of quarterbacks. And, you know, not just that type of, of dramatic throw in that situation, but to throw um, a comeback or an out route from the boundary hash all the way to the opposite side of the field to the opposite numbers, a lot of quarterbacks can't make that throw. Um, and he does it with regularity so much so that when he misses one, it surprises us. And not every team can just stack up hash-to-hash throwers on their roster. Those aren't dime a dozen, are they? They're not. In most cases, um, most places I've been and most cases that I'm aware of, you don't have a quarterback who can do that. Okay, time for a break. And a reminder that with BYU's win on Saturday, if you live in Utah, you can get 50% off of pizza today, today only, using the promo code BYU50 at papajohns.com. When we come back, the Cougars close out the Bobcats of Texas State as Zach Wilson keeps putting his name in the BYU record books. That's coming up next as we continue on the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Zach awaits a shotgun snap. Comes his way at his belt on a three-step. Between the tackles, steps up to the right. And goes deep down the far side. It is Dax Mill makes the catch at the three-yard line and steps into the end zone with another BYU touchdown. Another score for Dax Milne, and the Cougars make it 34-7 with a PAT pending. There was that throw once again. Remarkable stuff. Uh, Back on the coordinator's corner with 
BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. BYU now 6-0, ranked 10th and 11th in the two major polls. Western Kentucky at Lavelle Bird Stadium on Saturday. Well, BYU stayed undefeated with a 52-14 home win over Texas State on Saturday. It was a game BYU led 35-7 at the break. And, Coach, uh, you guys get the ball to begin the second half and basically ended the first half and begin the second half the same way, touchdown drives. Yeah, I think that's been uh, something that we've really tried to stress this year, how important it is to start fast and how we feel like we can take momentum and really rob the other team of energy if we'll do that, and our guys have bought into it. Uh, Isaac Rex on this night ends up with, uh, with two touchdowns and yeah. has three now for the year. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a big target. He's really easy to throw to. Um, one, of our, one of our players of the game and just, um, you know, for a guy his size has tremendous hands. And, and as I've said uh, a number of times uh, leading into this season, uh, even without the, the injury to Matt, I really felt like he would be a guy that would really kind of jump onto the scene this year. And so good to see him make a couple of big catches there. What our viewers just saw was his second of two touchdown catches, the one he has to go low to get near the goal line. The one uh, from earlier, the first half, was uh, equally impressive in a different way. First one, he had to go high. This one, he goes low. Yeah. Uh, like I said, he's, just, he's a big target, and um, he can go up and get the ball and, and can make those catches, as we've seen Matt make a lot of the time over the past couple of years. He can make those kind of catches as well. And so um, a, a young player who's really emerging, his blocking is improving as well, and I've been pushing him and riding him on that pretty hard. And so... Uh, pleased with the way that he's progressed the last couple of weeks for sure. Ever since uh, Matt got to campus, Bushman, he was kind of a, a primary target for this offense. And and whether or not Isaac turns into be that kind of player, could he be the kind of guy that a, that, that, that a coach turns into a, a, a real central target in an offense? Certainly that kind could. of player? Yeah, I, I certainly think he is. He's got... He's got the ability to run. He's got the frame. Um, he's got the capacity to be a significantly uh, powerful blocker. And so because of that, I think you can play him in a lot of places. You know, he's a guy that we've that we've flexed out a number of times as well as played attached to the formation. And I really I really think he's the kind of guy um, that can do all the things you want a tight end to do. And that's pretty unusual nowadays. You don't find a lot of guys who can, uh, who can block, run routes, and then go get the ball wherever it's thrown. Is there more to do with his frame in terms of bulking up, or is he, is he at a good place right now? I think he's good for where he is right now. I think within the next couple of years, he'll add a little bit more muscle, yeah. Through six games, BYU has as many tight end TD catches as BYU had through 13 games last season. Now, of course, you miss Matt Bushman. That's un, you know, undisputed. But kudos to the guys playing beneath him on the depth chart, at least when the season began, for getting the job done when called upon. They've all done a great job. Yeah, and I would say again, um, they, and you know, Steve Clark's done a great job with those guys, and he's shown that he can develop young guys. We've seen that with with these guys, with Dallin Holker before that, with Matt before that. Um, but I really felt like it would be a, a tight end by committee group this year to some extent, and and we're seeing that. So, um, you know, Carter's had some catches, Mason's had some, Isaac, um, Hank Tuipolotu made it back yeah. and and had a nice catch and run in this in this game and a couple other. Um, plays where he did a nice job blocking. So, 
really, really feel like that group is going to be one of the strengths of our offense um, as we continue this season, but particularly in years to come. Uh, Holker back next year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Forget about him. Uh, the TD drive that ends in the Rex score, the low catch, uh, was followed by a pick six from Isaiah Kofusi. This game's kind of over at 49-7. to seven. Uh, The night was definitely over for Zach Wilson. You gave him that first drive of the second half and then took him out. Was that going to be the plan regardless of what happened on the, uh, on the drive? Or? Well, we were talking about it when Isaiah got that interception. And so right, right when he got that pick, um, A-Rod and I were talking about it with the offensive staff, and he goes, okay, I think that makes our decision. <laughs> so I thought it was a wise, wise decision. And obviously, we're, we're in a good place with, with other guys that we feel like can go in and play, particularly Baylor. Uh, Zach had literally one complete pass in the second half, and it was uh, for a touchdown. Uh, the numbers right now, you're, you know, you're basically at a midway point uh, of a season. You're, you're six games in. Uh, tenor scheduled, maybe more to come postseason. So let's say we're at the halfway point, and and the numbers Zach has put up through uh, through half of a college football season have gotten everyone's attention, but uh, deservedly so. Uh, they're not empty numbers; they're efficient numbers, um, and he's showing pretty much every every tool in the box right now. He really is, and, and he, I've mentioned this before. He could run more than than he is running. Um, but we want to we want to limit that certainly. But he he's an excellent runner too, and he could have a lot more rushing yards than he than he does have. But we're obviously trying to protect him a little bit um, in that regard. But um, I I've only I've only been around one other quarterback who's had a season similar to this, and that guy won the Heisman. So um, I I can't say enough about how well he's playing. You're talking Cam right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cam Newton when you were with uh, when you were with Auburn. Yeah. So the numbers we just saw there, uh, what we what we don't see is is the interception number, which is really small. It's one right now. It's been one since the opener. Uh, sixteen touchdowns, sixteen passing touchdowns to one INT. That's a, that's an acceptable ratio, I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's taken a lot of pride in that. He really has, and and felt like he threw through too many last year and and um, I think he's I think he's just making great decisions and then and then the other thing is guys are going up and fighting for the ball you know when the balls when the balls in question guys are going up and making the play and getting it and he trusts his receivers and and it's paying off for us. It's pretty nice when you can remember you know the interception exactly how it happened and it's kind of a bummer because it really wasn't wasn't a bad throw at all it's a throw that is completed at nine times out of ten, it's on the tenth time that a linebacker hip checks your receiver on the cut and knocks him off balance. Yeah, yeah, kind of a fluke thing, but uh, yeah, he could be sitting there with no interceptions at this point, real easily. Yeah. So uh, Zach Wilson, again, you can see again more of the superlatives that he has going for him right now, and and uh, another one is this: uh, Saturday's game was the seventh game of his career with a pass efficiency rating of 200 or better. And that ties a BYU record held by Ty Detmer. Now, Ty did it in 40 starts, and, and Zach just made his 22nd start on, on Saturday night. Yeah, he's, like I said, he's just doing everything really well. And I think probably, um, probably so well that we're beginning to take it for granted a little bit. You know, I, like I said, sometimes when he makes a throw that's a little bit errant, you know, you just kind of look at him and go, what happened there? And then you're, oh, well, he's human. He, he makes a bad throw every now and then, but not many of those. Uh, among other notes from Saturday, quickly, uh, third down improvements. Uh, Houston was a tough third down game for you in part because you had a lot of third and longs, but much better down and distance situation when the ones were in during Texas State on, on Saturday. Yeah, and you know, with us, with us having the um, aggressive 
mentality to go for it on fourth down, it, it, it frees us up on third down to do some different things. So we might, we might throw it on a third and short, or we might run it on a third and long. And that, I think that, that unpredictability has been something that's helped us this year. BYU was excellent on, on third. I think uh, before all the reserves started playing, I think BYU might have been nine for 11 on third downs before the last floor. Uh, the last four uh, were not converted. But when it mattered, you guys were moving the sticks. A penalty number came back down. We've talked about this. Penalties aren't a huge deal in win-loss, but they can take you off schedule. And uh, that number was uh, well down from where it was at Houston. Yeah, and that, that's something, even if it doesn't affect the win-loss column, I think it's um, substantial because I think it says something about about who your team is and the kind of the kind of discipline that you have and those things show up in other areas too and so I talked to our team really really um, um, harshly last week about a couple of things and um, and you talked about the short yardage thing already that was something we approached the run, running the football in general and then the penalties was another one we addressed in a very significant way last week. And so I thought we, I thought all of those things showed the kind of improvement we'd like to see this week. A sharper game in all those respects. Uh, quickly, the O-line situation. Uh, no James Empey again this past week. You, you, you were dealing without him and uh, Gunnar Romney, but you did get Sione Finau back, so it's a little give and take. Uh, how do you look personnel-wise heading into these next week or two? Yeah, I would say James and Gunnar are both questionable. We'll have to see how they do this week. We're hopeful that they'll be back, but if not, we'll have a plan Otherwise, the, one of the things I was really pleased with this week, I felt like uh, Coach Mateos did a nice job with the offensive line and providing more competition last week. And we really challenged them hard last week after, after a game where we felt like didn't play our best, uh, um, the Houston game I'm referring to. And we, we played some more guys this week, not just later in the game, but we rotated uh, three other guys. Uh, Kiefer Longson rotated in, Tristan Hodge rotated in, and uh, Harris Lachance rotated in. So we played eight guys while the game, um, even, even early in the game, and felt like that was uh, a positive mark for us. And nice to get Tristan back for the first time since the, uh, the Navy opener. All right, offensive players of the week for you. Who are they? So we talked about Isaac Rex before. Um, uh, graded out really well. Um, I, think his, I think his overall grade was um, 90 one or 92 percent um had i think five catches for 66 yards a couple of touchdowns and we talked about him just just i'm really pleased with his with his progress he's a talented young player who's still developing in a lot of ways but moving in the right direction and then brady you know brady we could almost choose him every week kind of like zach and and his his performance goes often unnoted because you you just don't don't notice him for many plays, and as a left tackle, that's kind of the way you'd like for it to be, but has just been incredibly consistent for us this year. Um, I could probably name uh, maybe two or three times on the whole season where, where he's given up a pressure in pass protection. Um, other than that, just been incredibly consistent and, and, and a productive run blocker as well. Outstanding. Time for a break, and as we step away, we'll remind you that for your daily Cougar Sports play-by-play, tune in to weekday, weekdays for BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern time. Coming up, final segment of the show, we'll look ahead to a visit from Western Kentucky with Coach Grimes. You're in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by... JCW's, the Burger Boys, BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event, Siegfried and Jensen, 
serving Utah families for over 25 years. All right, just a minute or so left in the program. BYU home to Western Kentucky Saturday night. Uh, Coach Jeff Grimes, uh, early week thought or two on the Hilltoppers? Well, I haven't watched a lot of them yet, uh, but what I see from so far is an aggressive defense. Um, a lot, of their, a lot of their coverages and the way that they play look similar to the way that Houston played and that they're going to do a, a lot of things schematically to try to take away the run. And so, you know, we go into every game feeling like we'd like to be balanced and be able to run and throw in any situation, but we'll take advantage of, of whatever they give us and whatever's working. Ten-second answer from you from social media. Ben Nichols asks, how do you think BYU's O-line compares to Auburn's when you were the O-line coach and you won a national championship? Um... I think we have the capacity to become that kind of line, but we're not there yet. Okay, good. Thanks for the quick answer on that, on that question. We just did squeeze in under the wire. That's going to do it for the coordinator's corner. Coach Grimes, we'll see you next week. All right. And we'll do this again next Monday at 1 Eastern time right here on the BYU TV app. For coaches, Elisa Tuiaki and Jeff Grimes, my name is Greg Grubel. Thank you for tuning in, saying go Cougs, and we'll see you next week on the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys.